Good morning and welcome to Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success video and podcast. I'm Lori Salarulo, your host and the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. This show was created to inspire our audience and the students we serve through stories and journeys of business and community leaders and entrepreneurs as they share their ingredients to success. I have learned so much from many of these interviews and guests, and I hope you have too. If you've missed any of our shows, you can certainly check them out on our website, jsouthflorida.org. This month, we celebrate Black history. This month is time to reflect on the profound experiences of Black history and honor the historic contributions of Black Americans. It's also a time to acknowledge that there is still much work to be done in the movement towards racial equality. At JA, our vision is that every single young child will be prepared with the education, training, and opportunity to be prosperous and successful. So um, this month I have, this week I should say, I have the distinct pleasure of hosting someone I would call a friend, a colleague, uh, a mentor, a role model, uh, she is an inspiration to me, and I know that she is to many. Uh, and so that's my little introduction. I know there's the formal things, but um, my friend, Jermaine Bogg, who is the president and CEO of Urban League of Broward County, and I will add the only woman, from what I read, uh, female CEO to lead a national urban league. I am like in awe of you. Oh, thank you, Lori. So I want to just say this in Florida, the national uh, only woman in Florida, because I okay, have a good. lot of great, yeah, a lot of great female colleagues around the United States. And Lord knows I don't want them to blow up your cell phone or your <laughs> account. Well, just in Florida alone, that is still quite an amazing accomplishment. Um, you know, I I love the last few months reading about all of the women, right, who are reaching new heights, right? We had a, a, a woman referee in the Super Bowl. We have now a general manager of the Miami Marlins. We have a woman, a black woman, CEO of Walgreens. I mean, just so many amazing, and I all I post always when I read them is another shattering moment for women. Because the glass I think, is falling all over us. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So you are a perfect example of that. So um, I'm so thrilled that you're joining me this morning. And you know, I, 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 we, I mentioned in the intro about um, Black History Month and your work around this, right? And racial equality is so important in the community. But, but I want to go back for a second. How did you been with Urban Link now? Twenty years about. Actually, 25 on May 5th. My I knew yeah, silver, silver anniversary. Yeah. So you were a mere child when, when you joined Urban League. So what was it that drew you to this work? Right. There was something I believe we're all drawn to the work that we do in some way um, throughout our lives. Share yeah. that with us. So I think what drew me to the work, I don't know if it's just the Urban League, but to this work of equity, this work of justice, um, particularly from um, a Black experience, I have to say, um, one is my own lived experience being born and raised in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, that's a story in and of itself. Um, and being the last of five children, 
My parents immigrated from Tortola, British Virgin Islands to St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands for all the things that others immigrate for, right? For their children, for um, new opportunities. But I have to say the pivotal point for me was my junior year in high school. I read a book, A Kafir Boy. And it's a book that gave the um, perspective of apartheid from a little boy's perspective. And I thought to myself that I would be an architect. I wanted to be an architect and I would um, move to South Africa and rebuild all these shanty towns that were um, clearly, you know, all throughout South Africa as a way to, you know, create greater justice and fight for the Kafir boys, you know, of the and girls, you know, of the world. And I think that's what really has always been in me, this idea that change is possible. Um, but you gotta do the work. You gotta get in there and you have to do the work. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think so often, especially our young people, don't always understand that, right? I, I hate to call it, you know, pay your dues kind of thing, mm -hmm. but you know, you have to go in and do the hard work if you want to, right, achieve great things um, and whatever those great things mean for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. and so as a young person, so you, you came here and you decided this was the work you wanted to do. How did you pick Urban League? So the Urban League pick, I have to give my husband of also now 25 years credit for that because I... Um, I, I went to school in Tallahassee, um, my undergrad at Florida State. So I did start at University of Miami School of Architecture. And because again, I wanted to be an architect, I was very clear about that, but I would talk a whole lot more clearly than I would draw and probably better at talking than the drawing. So I said, mm, note to self, this might not be the profession for you. So changing the world is not gonna come through the built environment. You are going to do it in a different way. So um, for the Urban League in particular, I completed uh, my degree at Florida State University, my undergrad and my graduate degree. I was moving here to South Florida, to Fort Lauderdale uh, to get married. I did not know there were 30 plus cities. So I thought I'm just moving to Fort Lauderdale. Well, ironically, and we are in the of February, uh, my in-laws who I lived with initially um, before getting married, uh, lived in plantation. And I was like, there should be a law against that. There, there really should not be, <laughs> you know? So I didn't know that about, um, about Broward County and all the different names. I, I was a little jarred uh, about that at first, but I walked through the doors of the Urban League and did an interview with uh, the then president and CEO, Don Bowen, and the vice president, Rance Templeton. And I call their names because I do believe, um, as we are in the month of Black history, that calling people's names, making their spirit present, is important and and not just in the month of black history but just period i would just believe that in my life and um so i i interviewed i had interviewed also at target because the target out in sawgrass i was just opening also at the time and and um i interviewed through the career center at florida state to potentially be there so here's where um husband to be comes in he's like you know target real re retail Interesting, uh, but it's not you. It's not you. The Urban League is you. And we had dated for three years, so he knew me. Um, we actually met at an or at an event 
of an organization that I started at Florida State called Sisters. And so he knew he knew what got me up, got me going. He's at Urban League issue. And it is because of him is why I chose the Urban League. It wasn't for the pay at the time. It wasn't, I was already told that, you know, that it was not necessarily the easiest work that I would do. But between him and Blanche Templeton that looked at me that day and she said to me, only having met me for probably about 45 minutes to an hour, we had done a phone interview prior. She looked at me, no exaggeration, Lori, and she said, you will be the you will be the vice president one day. You will take my seat. And I thought, hmm, that's a lot. I'm going to consider the job. You don't have to butter me up here. But needless to say, in less than a year, I was in her role. Wow. I was in her role. So, so less than a year, you moved mm -hmm. into this, you know, pivotal, um, high-level role at this organization's well-respected, credible organization doing amazing work. What got you there, Jermaine? Right? It was more than just hard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think you have to be prepared for your moment, right? So uh, let me say it was a little bit over a year because the official uh, was September and I started the Urban League in May. Uh, so May 5th of 1996 is when I walked through the doors of the Urban League. And that's how important it was. It still sticks in my head uh, to this day. I still remember walking through the door. And I still remember my little box. And um, it was the weekend of Labor Day weekend in September when um, Don Bowen, the then president and CEO, came to my office and said, I need to talk to you. And I thought to myself, what did I do to get fired? Because it's four o'clock on a Friday, a long weekend. This is not a good combination to go talking to the CEO. Um, needless to say, it wasn't to be terminated, but it was for promotion. Uh, did not expect it. And I think the things that got me to the Urban League, that even keeps me at the Urban League, uh, really is a focus. I, I really have... A, a really keen ability to 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 block out the distractions. I think uh, the the ability to just hone in on what are we trying to solve for here. You know, we don't need to go all around the bend and back. What are we trying to solve for? Um, and getting that done. I would also say um, fortitude is is in my DNA. This idea that trouble doesn't last always. And you can get through, you can power through. Uh, so let's just, you know, stay on the path and, and not be too focused that you don't see your blind spots because you got to have people, you know, in your life that will pull your coattail. And I give people, as you know, permission to pull my coattail. I'm just like, if I say something that offends you, if I do something, know that you have permission to call me up and say, sister girl, we need to have a little chit chat. And that's fine. I'm good with that. And I also would say my faith. I am very unapologetic about, um, and, and I'm not shy about my faith. And I want to say that when I was in Tallahassee and interviewed for the position in Fort Lauderdale, I had interviewed, done a phone interview at the school board, one at the Urban League and as Target, as I shared with you. And, um, nothing had really come to fruition yet. So, you know, I'm moving here, I'm getting married. I'm thinking, I need a job. Because what if this marriage thing don't work out, Lori? I need to make sure I can take care of myself, right? 
solving independent I woman thing. But marriage? Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> right, right. So I'm thinking, I need to make sure I got a job. I have a defender, just in case this doesn't quite work out. Thankfully, so far it has. But point being that I was sitting in my um, my apartment in Tallahassee, and I distinctly remember this. And I was like praying. I'm just like, God, show me this job. I want to have a job. I really want to make sure, you know, that I'm I'm okay. And as plain as I'm talking to you, what came to me was your job is already waiting for you in Fort Lauderdale. It's already there. Stop worrying. It's already waiting for you. The next day, so I drove in with my U-Haul, my um, little Ford Escort, black Ford Escort, stick shift, drove into Fort Lauderdale. And this was when you had to call back, you know, to your, your voicemail to actually get your messages, right? I called back. Uh, to the photo, and there was a call there saying that the Urban League wanted to meet me that next day. Blanche Templeton was to later tell me she had already decided to hire me. She just wanted to meet me. So my job was already waiting for me in Fort Lauderdale. So I would just, I would say definitely faith, focus, and fortitude has probably been a part of my mainstay. I love it. I love the F words. Um, well, not not that other F word. But... <laughs> I, have, I have my list of ingredients has a lot of C words. So I always laugh and say, no, not that C word. Right. So um, but because uh, people's minds go crazy. Um, so, you know, over the 25 years that you mentioned, you know, uh, you've built this amazing organization, obviously not on your own, because you and I talk about this all the time, right? There's our tribe, our crew, our posse, right? Got to have them, our team. Um, there's partners. We were talking about that just a few minutes ago, collaborations, right? Partnerships. Talk a little bit about that, right? Um, and, and how important that is. Uh, and has been for you as well as the organization. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right, a leader is only a leader because people choose you to be so, right? There's somebody following you. There's somebody at some level willing to listen and be influenced by your words, your thoughts, or your deeds. And and for me, uh, the people factor is paramount. I I If there's nothing else that people remember, about me, the Urban League, I want them to know that, I want them to feel to leave anytime that they're in my presence, that they were better for being in my presence and I the same. Uh, I I realized that, you know, I can, I, I joke with um, board members and staff and I said at board meetings, I go in being the president and CEO of the Urban League at a board meeting, and these days, I guess you don't even have to go into a board meeting, um, but you can leave not being the president and CEO of the Urban League, right? So I don't, I, I take it seriously, but I also understand that everything in life is for a season. So for the people that are around me, for the um, team members that um, have chosen to be a part of the Urban League team, whether it's from a volunteer perspective or paid staff or vendors or partners, um, I want to be always in authentic relationship with them. And that authenticity is really important to me. I want, Lori, when you 
chat with me here and we chat offline, that it's the same Jermaine that you're seeing. You know, if you saw me in the grocery store, you know, I'm not going to duck and run because I see you, you know, it's like we can still have the same kind of, of conversation. That's what I want to do because at the end of the day, titles come, titles go, but whoever you are at the core is what people remember, you know, and I want them to know that um, I care about them and I want to be an authentic relationship with them. An authentic relationship for me is not always kumbaya. Um, the authentic relationship is when times are great, we celebrate. When times are harsh, we support one another and then everything else in between. Yeah. Yeah. I think that authenticity, it's really interesting. And especially I think as women, maybe, maybe that's just been my experience, but I think sometimes when we are our authentic selves and we're expressing maybe that we might not agree or we might not think that it was done the right way or standing up for whether it's ourselves, our organization, our people, right? It's not always, you know, well-received, especially coming from a woman. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I was reading just recently where we're working on uh, this uh, Girls Rule Initiative and I was doing some research and I knew, you know, that's always been my passion is around girls and women. When I was at LB, I started the women's program. And so I love this because I have experienced, right, that that sexism stuff of like, well, how can you be that? You're a girl, right? Um, that kind of stuff. Um, or, you know, well, you're just being stubborn. You made that decision. You're, and I'm, I said, and when I say back, well, okay, if you were in my position, what decision would you have made? Well, I would have done this. I said, okay, so no different. So what's the difference? Well, you're, you're a woman. Oh, so that's, I mean, I've literally had people say that to me. Mm -hmm. um, so, so how do you overcome that? And one of the things that I read was that our girls by the age of six actually start to believe, mm -hmm. right? Perceptions that are placed on them through sexual, right, right. Their, their sex, their gender, as well as racial stereotypes. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How have you dealt with that? Yeah. I, I have to imagine you have. Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point, even for me, I, I often still find myself being at times, not only the, sometimes the only woman, but many times the only woman of color, you know, sitting in a space. And I, I've made a very conscious decision to not just occupy space, but to activate space. And I think that we, even if it means at times that certain things will be lost. And I think we have to not only be bold, but we have to be brave and realize that in that bravery, that sometimes we're gonna lose um, some credits Sometimes we might lose, uh, and when I say credit, maybe credit may not be given to you. We might lose allies or, or people we thought were friends. But for me, it is about, what, I have a daughter, she's 13 years old. Um, and my role for her and for other women and for other girls is to be an inspiration, to be like, you can sit and not just occupy this space, but to activate the space. If you're gonna be the woman on the wall, be the woman on the wall and make sure that you are doing everything you can do to protect your section of the wall. And um, that's not always popular. 
but I think we do it with just a sense of grace and um, pizzazz that others just can't. I, I mean, look at us. We're really cute on this thing here, Lori. Look at us. <laughs> I brought you on here. I only want people that are cute. <laughs> you know? I think you're right. And you know, it's interesting. I, I'm reading a really good book right now um, called Unapologetically Ambitious. Mm. And you know, as I get older and more experienced, I don't want to use the old word, um, I do feel unapologetic. I feel unapologetic for being ambitious, for being passionate. You know, and someone recently said to me, you are relentless. And Jermaine, I, it, it, like, it was like a knife. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I'm too much. Maybe I'm, right, maybe I'm too strong. Or, And then I thought about it and I said, no, I'm not going to apologize for being relentless in the pursuit of my passion, which is to help young people be all they can be. I know that sounds cliche, but... You know what no, I mean. but that but that's the key, right? When you said that word, my mind automatically went to for what purpose are you being relentless? Right? right. If right. I'm being relentless for simply to add another dollar to my account, you know, that, that's gonna that's gonna go about its business, or your children gonna spend it when you're six feet under, you know, type of a thing. But if you're being relentless, if you're being tenacious, if you're being um, ambitious uh, about something that is truly life-changing and transformational, and there's nothing more, in my opinion, more transformational than what we do on behalf of children. What we do on behalf of children and what we do on behalf of our elders, two extremes yeah. That eventually we all started here and hopefully we all get there to be an elder when things cannot, um, when you may not be able to control as much as you did in your middle years. Let's be relentless around that. Let's act yeah. up, you know, for that. Let's blow up some tables for that, you know, I, I, and um, make it happen. You to just blow up. And I you and I have these conversations, right? That if you if you want the same results, do the same thing. But we, I was just reading an article yesterday in uh, Bridgespan about you know are nonprofits ready, truly ready, to innovate, right? Because we mm. can't do the same old, same old. We're not living in the same old, same old world, right? So we have to be bold. Um, and I think that's what I love about you. You know, one of the things I always ask our guests at the end. Um, is what is your main ingredient to success? And, you know, with girls rule, it's what's your superpower. So what's your superpower? What's your main ingredient to success? I know it's hard to pick one. Wow. I would say the main, other than what I just shared before, the, the faith focus, fortitude, let's add a little bit of fun in there too, right? Um, and of course our family, Oops, I got to get rid of this call here. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, wait, wait, I lost you, I lost you. Okay, sorry about that. Um, you know, the, um, I would say the main, the main ingredient um, for my success has definitely been surrounding myself with people who challenge me to be You know, when I talk with you and when we chat, I often leave those conversations like, what we got it going on? Girl, you got to step your game up, right? And I think that's good. 
because we need, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? We don't lose, we don't lose the, in the game of inches, right? They talk about football in the game of inches. It's every inch, every millimeter, every centimeter, every inch. We gotta keep pushing. And, and I think if you're not surrounding yourself with people who help push you forward, your inner circle, if you are the sharpest knife in your drawer, you need to jump out of that drawer. Yeah. You need to get into another drawer. You know, so you got to have women, men, children, elders around you that that will show you your blind spots, that will pray for you on behalf of you, and will actually challenge you to be the better self, you know, that you can be. I, I often say to people, um, so my parents have been married for 63 years. Um, I've been married now for 25. My in-laws have been married for 51. I don't talk to women who have been married for two years about how to get to 50 years. I talk to women who've been married for 50 years plus to figure out how I get there. And hopefully I stand in the gap for those who just got started to be like, you can get here too. You know, is that something that you want? Yeah. Mentioned all those different people that you surround yourself with, and wow, think about all the perceptions, right? And the 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 information that they bring you in different ways, right? What someone who's on the the elderly spectrum is has experienced, right? And then someone on the younger perspective has experienced a man, a woman. I love getting all those perspectives into one. Um, so I love that, and that's why I love you um, because we are just. So in sync. I, we're so. I would often, Lori. I would tell you, you're definitely a sister from another mother. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I am going to read your amazing recipe for success that we pulled out of them. Okay. So, so I usually have a whiteboard when I'm in the kitchen at J World, but you're in my kitchen today, so it's on my pad. So, so here's the things that I pulled out. Your ingredients. First of all, you wanted to be an architect, but then you followed your heart. And that's okay to change, right, your mind about where you're going, what you want to be. So important for our young people. So that's why I love when I hear that. Change is possible. Uh, do the hard work. Understand your strengths. You talked about you knew that drawing might not be your strength, but maybe it was speaking. Um, you know, remembering the people who came before you, you talked about the people who came before at Urban League, having a partner who tells you like it is and who knows you so well, right? And can share. Sometimes we look and we don't always see what someone who loves us and knows us sees. Be prepared for the opportunities. You talked about being prepared. Focus, fortitude, faith, and fun. All those F's you mentioned. Stay the path. Have people who pull you, right? Pull on your coattails and say, hey, you're getting off track here. Or you're getting too big for your britches. Mm -hmm. People um, who make, focusing on people and making them better, right? Leaving your mark on them as well as them leaving their mark on you. Appreciate what's going on today because as you said, sometimes it's just for a season. Authenticity, celebrating the successes, be an inspiration to others. I love this one. Don't occupy space, activate space. Be bold, be brave. I mean, and then your main ingredient to surround yourself with people who challenge you to be better. Jermaine, it is no wonder, my friend, that you are an amazing woman, mother, leader, 
example that you set, not only for young people, for but for me, for your friends. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your friendship. Because wow. this is my friend. These are the kind of people I want in my life. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. It has been a pleasure chatting with you. And I tell you, when you read those things back, I'm like, hmm, maybe we should collaborate on a book. Maybe that's our next thing. I'm actually working on one, believe it or not. <laughs> Very good. I'm going to start. I'm going to go to some people in the community who I want their stories to be um, in, to, intertwined into the book. So, yeah, I'll Absolutely. definitely be coming to you. Uh, but thank you so much again. And thank, thank you, you to all who have watched uh, our show this morning. Jermaine uh, is an inspiration. And I hope that, you know, you have taken away uh, some really good ingredients from her story and her recipe. And keep doing the great work you're doing, Jermaine. Love you, girl. Thank you, Lori. Love you, too. Bye, everyone. Bye.